Hi, this is Better Red Than Dead, a literature podcast from a left perspective. I'm Megan. I'm Tristan. I'm Katie. And today we are going to be talking about The Pilgrim's Progress, which is John Bunyan's 1678 allegory in quotes about a a pilgrim progressing. <laughs> and it's all right there. And don't think about it. Just relax. Just just <laughs> settle in for settle in for a squishy ride. It's gonna be great. So why Pilgrim's Progress? <laughs> Oh, I just thought this one would be easy listening for everyone. Wait, was this Katie's? Was this Katie's pick? I I, I, I forgot. <laughs> Surprising everyone. <laughs> yes, I came from left field to suggest Pilgrim's Progress. Yep. Um, I wanted to read this because I think everyone should know that it's not something that Louisa May Alcott made up. It's not a game that the Little Women play. It's a real book. It's not only a game the Little Women play. It's a real book. Do I not found- need to read it to enjoy Little Women. And I do think that's an important note. No, I enjoyed the living shit out of it, thinking that the two things, that, that, that it was all one, that it was in the Louisa May Alcott cinematic universe. <laughs> I thought they were all of a piece. But it turns out, uh, I found out in college, I found out a lot of things in college. And one of them was that Pilgrim's Progress was um, was something you could read separately. And I read it. I read it three times. And by the time you get to the end of this episode, you'll realize what a strong woman I am, what a girl boss I am, <laughs> what a slate queen I am for making it through it. And I will say that I made it through parts one and two. And we're only going to talk about part one today because I wanted to still – be on this podcast with the two of you. <laughs> yeah. So c- 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 confession here, which fits because you know we're, we're confessing and stuff. Because God, um, I was good. I was like, oh, I'm going to read both of them. It's not like 200 pages. I when I got to the end of the first part, I was like, nope, nope. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I have a student who's writing a very very smart thesis on Twilight, which I, I swear to God, it's actually really bright. But um, for, uh, you know, I make my students read each other's primary objects. And she was like, you don't need to just just watch the first Breaking Dawn <laughs> movie. And that's plenty. That's <laughs> all you need to do. She was very helpful. If you want to laugh, then read them all and watch all the movies. But if you want to, if you, you're doing this for work, if you're not doing it for comedy, then that's absolutely I, she, she is not a person who takes these seriously. Again, smart reader, but not like, oh, well, when they have this like baby that eats you from the inside out, it's just what they're demonstrating is like the acceleration of normal human pregnancy. And I was like, thank you. That's, that, a, that's they're demonstrating that's right. a lot. That's true. They're actually like very critical of biological reproduction. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's what's happening. Anyway, that was my, sorry. No, I mean, I, I just, the, my history with Twilight is um, my remaining college had Robert Pattinson cardboard cutout um, from the movie. It was it was a gag gift, but it lived in our apartment with us. <laughs> I had never heard of Twilight and um, went to a Thanksgiving party. Didn't ate nothing. Ate zero things. Ate not a what? not a bite because I was trying to be drinking because I was in college. So I tried oh, to. Right. <laughs> I got my hands on the raspberry rum, and I am chugging that right out of the bottle, and Single Ladies is playing, and I am having a great time. And then fade to black, I wake up in my roommate's bed. 
Yeah. What happened was I hit the ground like a stone, um, <laughs> threw up pure raspberry rum into an empty trash can on the um, like on a balcony. And uh, this guy I went to high school with, shout out Christian, who does not listen to this podcast, but hey, your name's Christian, like hoisted me to safety. <laughs> Nice, nice. This is, I mean, as a as a, as a fellow Mid Atlantic guy, this this is a Jersey story, man. <laughs> oh, I think this is a pretty common no, yeah, college story. It is, but it's like I don't know. I mean, it's like I feel this. You know what I mean? Like, yep. I, these are my you, people. You know, I've seen the Hangover movie. You know I tried to climb into a lofted bed. I'm totally unconscious. You know I did. I'm just um, sad that I I'm still like trying to. At some point, I'm going to redo my 40th birthday in Vegas, and oh, have to pass out drinking and be hoisted into somebody else's bed. Yeah, if you need a friend to hoist you, I might not be able to do it, but I'll I'll try. I'll want to because I'll need to be hoisted. Also, <laughs> I'll send you an email because I have like a I have a itinerary. And I have a list, and we are getting robes and sweets. And it is going to be combo hangover movie Real Housewives. Let's get a tiger. Which are the same thing, only with men. Mm-hmm. What the fuck book are we talking about today? We're talking about... <laughs> Sorry. Look, we had to introduce you to Satan before we can get to... That's right. The blessings of the Lord. Oh. Uh, <laughs> nobody has their titties falling out of their dress in this. Certainly not. Absolutely nobody. But anyway, <laughs> moving swiftly along, back to Puritans. It's Puritans. I love them. Yeah, but this book taught me how weird Puritans are. This is the one. This is the one. And they're so weird that I then made a plan to make my entire life about them. And that's a plan that I'm <laughs> apparently sticking with. <laughs> Uh, did I already say this is book one of two? Yeah, you, you, uh, we, we yes, we did. Oh, okay. we did. Or Tristan got that. to it when he was like, "We're not doing that." We're not doing. <laughs> okay, just want to make sure everybody knows that we are cowards. Yeah. on this podcast, mm-hmm. so it's, we're going to go through the whole plot. I'll shut up real soon, I promise. But this is about a guy named Christian. That's what you need to know. He's Christian and he's being Christian, but not with his wife Christiana. She comes later in the second <laughs> yeah. book. So, so this basically is like a bachelor party. If you think about it, it's the hangover for getting into heaven. That's into- what the hangover's about. Okay, yes. got, got you know some things lined up in my mind. Actually, yeah, we weren't we, we we weren't that far off, honestly, from, yeah, from right what we were talking about today. So yeah, this was this was relevant, and as I alluded to at the top, religious allegory in particular is so weird yeah. that in general it was forty sixty to me whether you guys were going to be really mad about having to read this or you were going to think it was really funny. And when I got odds like that, I have to take that chance because this is better than I ever get. So I'm going to just shush and let it all wash over you like a waterfall. Also, like literary sadism is part of this podcast because now we've all read Lady Chatterley's Lover. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, definitely. What, that was what, much yeah. harder. And that was much worse. That was yeah. I mean, I guess that was, but that was also that was a lot of mass against for all of us because we yeah. had to plunge through it. Yeah, uh, forty sixty odds. I mean, that's why I like blackjack. That's it's right in that range, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I got. I love the Christian Christianity. The names of that you'll talk about this, but they are amazing. They are They're so amazing. dumb. It's like say well because see he says well, but he doesn't <laughs> do well. <laughs> anyway, uh, more detail it. than is necessary on that. <laughs> uh, I am a bad 18th centuryist because I have been avoiding this thing for years, like at least 15 at this point. Ever since I was like, yes, this is something I want to do with my life. Weirdly, even though the Pilgrim's Progress is English, um, the fact that, like, you know, from from England, not in the English language, <laughs> the fact that I tend to focus on the British side of the Atlantic has probably let me get away with that a little more. Like, I have a feeling if I weren't early Americanist, there would have been no fucking way that I could have gotten There's, this far. Not no. reading that. I mean, this one read it three times. So. Yeah, exactly. Right. But even so, you know, I'll be breezing through one of my fielding novels and he'll go off about the setters and I'll be like, ah, fuck, I need to read Bunyan, but I, do, I, I don't want to. Or like anything my dude slash dude I love to dunk on Daniel Defoe ever wrote. It's like, I know this is in the background and yet I was like, I, but I don't, it sounds so bad. Um <laughs> And look, um, our good friend and comrade and past uh, guest host, David Diamond, has published on Pilgrim's Progress. So, you know, check that out. Katie tells us how fucking wild Puritans are almost every week. And I'm convinced. Uh, and I mean, in some ways, I'm down with 17th century Puritans. They they hated kings and they cut off the king's head 150 it's years true. before the Jacobins yeah. made that cool. You know, as I've said before, Blake's reading A Paradise Lost. You know, Milton was of the devil's party without knowing it. That's just true. Blake knew a revolutionary when he saw one and, and Paradise Lost Satan is one of the most badass anti-royalist revolutionaries ever. And just a teaser for our listeners, Katie and I are, are planning on um, prepping a, a Paradise Lost two-parter for a future God, season. I can't so, wait. I love yeah. Paradise Lost. It'll be fun. Um, but, you know, they're big religious zealot hard odds and it's kind of a bit much. <laughs> like, I, I mean, sometimes don't I love re- the witch killing shit personally, but no, hey. no, the witch killing shit sucks. I'll say that never have fun at all. That kind of sucks. Um, that sucks. You know, only wear black and belt buckle hats. Uh, I mean, sometimes I read pure. Slimming. Yeah, they are. Yes, that's true. I mean, one, John and John, Edwards yeah, skinny legend. Skinny he didn't legend. even need it. Yeah. <laughs> but so sometimes I'll be reading Puritan shit and I, I'm like, you know what, Charles the First, uh, Liberté, Egalité, Fraternité and all, but fuck, these shits are annoying. I feel you, man. I'd have dissolved that parliament too. Uh, <laughs> just, just, just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, I mean, Cromwell sucks, but anyway. But I am so glad that, uh, Katie, you made us read this. It is insane. It's hilarious. And sometimes I think intentionally so. And it's like the most intense acid trip ever, except Bunyan was tripping on God. Um, well, and probably some combination of the diseases and malnutrition you get while yeah. rotting in a royalist prison. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> great for itself. Use inhaling spores. Yeah, and uh, and dehydration makes your brain go bad. Yes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Shrinks it. Literally shrinks it. That's yeah. true. Well. Okay. Uh, I wanted to read this because I had actually tried to read it before. And <laughs> yes, is, well, there's a reason. I'm not sure it's a good one, but there is a reason, which is that way back in high school, my favorite novel was Salinger's Franny and Zoe, which is like, I think you should both read it. I think you would really love it. It's like, it's actually kind of wonderful. Unlike the famous one. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm down. All, all I've ever read is Catcher in the Rye, which, like, no. But but I would read. I, I'm down to try more. I mean, yeah. 
the glass family stuff is better in my experience of salinger and also like a woman character helps temper him to yeah. some degree okay all right yeah <laughs> not that she doesn't think people are phonies she does i mean it's not in my top five books anymore but it's a, like a high school fave that i will admit to so in the novel franny is reading pilgrim's progress because there's some kind of mantra in it by the way like is there i don't think there is like a prayer that that he christian repeats and then she keeps repeating was she thinking of thomas the tank engine i don't (laughs) i think i yeah i I don't i mean i don't i mean i granted i you know i i don't i don't have like an encyclopedic knowledge of this book but i don't recall anything like a mantra in this but it was like a it was like a was it like a catchphrase like like yeah. michelle tanner like you got a dude what? i think it must have been some kind of not actually what was a mantra in this book but just like some moment that she behaves as yeah, gotcha. if a mantra okay. and she's like in, it, so i wanted to read it like i wanted to know the reference but then i tried to read the bunion and i got too bored and <laughs> i was like i already read the scarlet letter book and that was good so isn't that enough homework <laughs> i didn't like doing homework as much then and that was the end of my relationship with john bunyan until this very week and i didn't know until i read it that it has such an excellent account of reading books which it gives us at the very end uh where bunyan tells us to quote take heed of misinterpreting for that instead of doing good will but the self-abuse but misinterpreting evil ensues. Ayo. <laughs> Ayo. I think that it's uncommon that uh, self-abuse, as it might be called, <laughs> is call is caused by poor close reading skills. <laughs> that parallel is not one I've ever encountered. It's not on the level of watching too many episodes of the X-Files and then going because you need to take a break because you can't do your homework. <laughs> though I will, I will say though that uh, you know to, to shout out to a couple episodes ago when we were talking about uh, Jay, uh, uh, Eve Sedgwick or Jane Austen. Uh, Eve Sedgwick with Jane Austen, the masturbating girl, does suggest you 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 discover self abuse if you read <laughs> more deeply into the uh, into the novel. Actually, it's, it's that is like. But- there are other books where I think that that is totally possible. I just yeah. didn't think, I mean, you'd have to misinterpret this pretty wildly to be like, I need a break Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> for self-care. And by self-care, I mean self-abuse. Again, really didn't think. I didn't know that you could misinterpret this book at all, frankly, because of its obviousness. <laughs> I wondered if Banya thought he would just like tear off that final page and sneak it into copies of Dante's Inferno because that's allegorical, but also like about religion or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or he had that rhyme in his back pocket, rhyming self abuse with evil ensues, and he had <laughs> had to-, to get it into something. <laughs> yeah, he had been he'd had that bit for years, years, and never had the yeah. moment arisen. <laughs> but I and I like when a book this blue Blitheringly obvious makes sure that you get it because if you get it, then mm. get it, and there you go. It's very important that you get it. The, the stakes here are higher. Yeah, that's than, true. Yeah, than I, ever before. I mean, usually you don't get it. You get like a C on your freshman core paper. 
you don't get it here. You spend the rest of time burning in hell, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's, that's true. <laughs> that's, that's a, a lot. I mean, eternity's fucking long time. You know, like, oh, it's not, a long time. This is, this is a this is where would acid would really help. Like, really think about what that means. You know? <laughs> it would be really nice if you could just you know come come up on a appeal once in a while. Turns out not. Yeah. But today we are talking about genre because this is or is not a novel or is both or is something um, allegory <laughs> and interpretation and Puritans, man, we're doing Puritans. We're doing them. They got to be done. Give us a summary. <laughs> okay. Um, turn I'm going to be doing though. Dante references. Yeah. All episode. But well. he was a papist, if I, you know, a deluder. <laughs> no. you know, the- That's my point. I'm we bringing know. the rebellious energy. We know what happens to. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> That's- We've ru- <laughs> Megan, this has ruined your mind. I know. <laughs> Megan is um is Catholic now. Uh Everyone, Um, (laughs) I like incense. You know, I like I like incense and um, eating human flesh. Yes. Uh, true. Other true story. One time, my um Catholic friends, Catholic mom, took me to Catholic church, and I uh I I ate the. The, 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 I, I ate the, the host because I'm um, sure you're not allowed to do that no and I said I'm not Catholic and the mom could not compute that someone was not Catholic <laughs> Wait, let's see uh, the- uh, Anglicans uh, which that's, that's where I, in church I grew up in were very like no anyone can have it man like you don't need to you don't need to, their confirmation like that's not that's even questionable whether that's one of the sacraments but like Catholics be like no we do not take your idolatry <laughs> <laughs> like communion, and then, and then Anglicans get real. Like, no, come on, man! You know, so, <laughs> Just but, let uh, everybody have the snacks. Yeah. Uh, okay, Pilgrim's Progress. You ready for the summary? Yes, let's do it. It's got to be better than reading the book. Mm, we'll see. I mean, <laughs> look, the stuff is how it is. Okay, here you go. I'm going to give you the summary of Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. Or John Bunyan's excellent ambient adventure because yeah. he this was he did this from me when he was sleepy night night in a dream. This is all a dream, and he interjects repeatedly to say, "In my dream, I saw blah 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 the whole time." <laughs> but it starts with an apology for the work, and just to be clear, John Bunyan, you do not have to apologize for two reasons. Number one, apologizing is for women, and number two, <laughs> this book is hilarious, and you have nothing to be sorry for. <laughs> So, I don't know, man. I was grateful that he at least tried. But so John Bunyan in his dream, he had this dream about a Christian named Christian. <laughs> you get it. He's wearing a backpack. He's wearing a backpack. That's something. Yeah. Not a cool, rolly kind of backpack. The kind that you wear on your back and it stands for sinful burdens. Okay. So Christian does not feel amazing at the beginning. Could it be that where he lives is called the city of destruction? Maybe. I don't know. Ominous. Okay, so, and he leaves, he, he leaves the city of destruction with his two fingers in his ears going, la, 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 I can't hear you, I can't hear you, nobody come after me. But what he can't hear is his wife and children being like, where are you going? <laughs> yeah, what, what, dad, what? And he's like, I'm going for milk, la, 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 la. <laughs> 
Uh, the, the city shall be destroyed. However, would you know that, Christian? Well, it's called the city of destruction. <laughs> uh, I don't know if everyone knows that. I don't know if anyone's rolled out a map. <laughs> but yeah, so just just to set this up, he's going to meet a wingman who's who will join him on his pub crawl for Christ. It's a guy named Evangelist who's an evangelist. <laughs> If you can imagine that. And uh, Evangelist tells him that he has to go to the celestial city, Mount Zion, to find salvation. And I thought that this was very rude because I spent four hours looking for salvation city on a map because I was led to expect that things would be a certain way. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, it's a good moment for a Guns and Roses uh, <laughs> cover. Oh, right? yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, take me down to Salvation City. Um, <laughs> so, so back the to girls take, are something. The girls are named. Well, they, no, they, they the are eyes. very. They are very. They're very hot when he gets into like heaven territory, right? Like they. Oh, like that's true. He, many times the women were so hot. Of course, that did not. That only gave me pure thoughts because now I am godly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> he purified them more. <laughs> oh, that's Christian for you. But take take his wife, please. Her name is Christiana, as I've mentioned. And as you two mentioned, he ditches her at home with his four kids to go on a God adventure. She does say no, say, <laughs> no thank you. This seems more like a boy's trip. So he's off. Christian's off on the road to eternal life. And maybe he'll see something cool like the world's largest ball of chewing gum on the way. But first, uh, he gets caught in a stinky bog. The Slough of Despond. We all hate when this happens. <laughs> fucking hate, man. I have fallen into the Slough of Despond so many fucking times. It sucks each time. Yep. I've spent some time in, in the Slough of Despond, and I hope never to return. It smells like sulfur. It's awful. <laughs> but yeah, so these two guys from town, Obstinate and Pliable, follow him. And they're like, wait, let's come back. Pliable wants to come with him, maybe. And then they get to the Stinky Swamp, and they turn out to be fake friends and jealous bitches. Um <laughs> But anyway, don't worry. We have a lot of very literal adventures ahead of us. <laughs> Christian is fine because he needs help. Mm-hmm. I should not have to tell you what he does. Help is capitalized, see, because it's a it's a character named Help, which, it's- okay, bear with me, that clues you in into the function of this character. <laughs> Can you explain that one more time? Yeah, okay, so so like H-E-L-P and that, okay, okay all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll figure it out at some point today. <laughs> But yeah, so he also meets another fellow with a very normal name, the Worldly Wise Man. <laughs> See, that's awesome, though. Like, the, like, some of these names are legitimately fucking hilarious. Yep. Worldly Wise Man's a good one. And he says things like, uh, I'm more spiritual than religious, and I think God's in everything, even this table man. But otherwise, he does not concern himself with the spiritual, so we know what he's all about. And next, Christian stops at a Goodwill to try on a beanie and get head lice with his friends in middle school. (laughs) Just kidding. Goodwill is good, capital, good, capital, W, Will. (laughs) He's a guy. (laughs) And he chills with him after uh, after ditching worldly wise man. Uh, Goodwill says to Christian, I'm actually selling a bunch of shit I got for free and getting enormous tax breaks for it. (laughs) But I'm not as bad as the Salvation Army. Wait, um, wait, I thought he said, how about them apples, right? He, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly what he said. Mm-hmm. Yes, um. yeah. 
It's always a very topical 1998 film reference for you children. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yes. It's been a Matt Damon heavy season. <laughs> it's been a Matt Damon heavy season. Wow. Okay. But no, I was kidding about that stuff. Uh, this somehow turns into the Matrix for a second, and Goodwill says you should see the interpreter. Mm. This is like the architect shit. He's very good at interpreting and line dancing. He's a lot of hobbies. He's a very complicated character. No, this is all lies. <laughs> <laughs> we are getting to my favorite and objectively most hilarious, some of the most hilarious parts here after we leave the interpreter. Uh, yes, I am terrible at doing summaries, but I just want to point out that that is not why this one is so weird. This is the way the book is. So, oh, yeah. Chris- so Christian's off to his next next destination. He's following the wall of salvation. That's easy. And he has a Christ vision at the wicked gate. And the the Jan sport he's been wearing drops off of him. He no longer needs the cliff bars and trail mix contained within. All he needs is Jesus in his heart to finish his hike okay, so along the Appalachian Trail. I actually have a real question and not just uh, <laughs> being shitty <laughs> to, to John Bunyan, which is like, I mean, Megan, I totally agree. And I like, I mean, what, you know, what you've been saying, Kate, just the, the, the blatant obviousness of some of the symbols, but some of them I don't think are nearly as obvious or at all. One, I didn't I mean, I thought that the fucking dumbass backpack was going to be with him until he finally lost it at the gate of heaven, but he loses that shit very early on itself. And so like, I'm assuming that like on the other side of the wall of salvation is like, that's once you've at least like, okay, I want to be a Christian. And so on the other side of the wicked gate, that's like, that's before any, but, but the thing is like so much of the like sin and temptation shit happens on the other side of the wall, which I don't think I was quite expecting that the allegory to work that way, but that's probably because I'm a heathen center and I'm going to spend an eternity in fire. (laughs) No, but it's a good question. (laughs) It gets in a lot of stuff. It's not that it's not that he's made a decision or something in Bunyan's Bunyan's mind. Yeah. It's less about the decision than about the fact that the right thing has happened. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's gone the right way and he, no longer has like he has christ with him Mm -hmm. time doesn't exactly work the way it seems like it's gonna and so at the point when his backpack drops off of him if you didn't get at the beginning that things were going to be fine this is the time when he's he christ takes his burdens right okay basically okay and And i have to admit that i gave it no thoughts whatsoever because i was just like (laughs) the logic of this book is (laughs) what it is and i am turning my interpretive brain off believe it or not so no and i mean i think that's and and like i mean some of this is like okay i mean the stakes of this care to get into them because like they only really apply if you buy into this particular theology but i did think that you know okay i mean like some allegory is blatant on its face but there is like a real commitment here to like the work of interpretation as being important i'll just ask like one last question about this a puritan reading this would they understand that the other side of the wall of salvation this is like someone who goes to church but like isn't necessarily there versus like the pre wicked gate is like someone who just doesn't go to church. But the thing is like, no one in this world didn't go to church. So it's kind of like, who are you talking about? Or, or is that like too kind of like facile or they actually after some like, like finer like gradation in terms of, you know, your theological awakening. They, they are after something uh, a little more idiosyncratic, I guess you could say. So it's not about doing anything. Okay. It's, so the, I'm going to talk a little bit about this la- later, but one of the things that's sort of confusing about the way that 
Pilgrim's Progress has been interpreted and applied in a modern context, or it's not confusing, it just drifted away from the original intent. So there's this idea that I think I've talked about before, which is uh, that justification leads to sanctification. So justification is like if you just go on some Jesus-y websites – (laughs) <laughs> or don't. That's fine. Uh, that that justification is something that God does for you, and sanctification is something that God does with you. So it's your good deeds are are like the the visible part is the sanctification. Mm-hmm. Justification is just something that God does for you. And my thought is that that moment is his um, is his justification moment. Okay. Okay. That yeah. No, that makes sense. And I I think like another thing this shows to me is that. That both the spatial, but also like the temporal, like this presents itself as a linear narrative, but like, I don't think the theological logic actually works that way. And this is what you were saying. Like, it's not about doing, this is operating on a time scale that doesn't neatly map onto what it like, this is before this person went to church or something like that. Totally. It's supposed to be the case that you can, uh, you can plug and play. Mm-hmm. So you should be finding your own slough of despond. Something's going on that's complicated with time and also plot. It's not A leads to B. It's just uh, shit happens because okay. God made it do it. Yeah, no, that, thanks. That's that's really helpful. Does, anyway, like we'll get there later, but now I'm just going to put a pin in that because it does help yeah. us think about to what degree this has noveliness because yeah. a character being sufficiently motivated <laughs> – it makes a novel a novel. Yes, yes, yeah, exactly, and that, and like, we're not really in this that 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 uh, that mode or that uh, that paradigm. We're in something. We're in something else. We're in something that has angels in it, uh, shining ones. Mm-hmm. That's true. They show up, and they are they are so shiny. And I didn't want to say anything, but they really have <laughs> to try a loose powder because you want to be the three dewy ones, not the three shining ones. <laughs> Okay, but anyway, one gives them he gives them a scroll. Uh, it's a, think of it as a certificate that gets you into the celestial city, aka Coachella. But unfortunately, as the old saying goes, if you snooze, you lose. And he snoozes, and he loses it. And if you lose it, you have to go to the fire festival. <laughs> Get it? Oh. The fire festival, like hell, has fire there. Yeah. Anyway, thank God, literally, he goes back <laughs> to the last place he was, checks the couch cushions under the car seat, and he finds it. Next, he gets to the, the – he's just going places, by the way. Just things don't lead to other things. He gets to the palace. True. Yeah. He meets some nice ladies who let them crash at their place, and he sees a lot of weird shit, like a guy in a cage yeah. who's sad. Yep. <laughs> and he bounces and meets uh, Apollyon, who is a, a fish monster. <laughs> Pretty much, he's this a fish, was, another animal monster. This was fucking badass. Like, I'm <laughs> like, holy so, shit, we're yeah. fighting dragons with a sword all of a sudden. Like, yep, <laughs> yep. He's wearing bear slippers. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's getting this fish dragon man, and Apollyon just fully fucks him up for mm-hmm. a half of a day. It yeah. says he's like wrestling him. He's gonna squish him to death. But then Christian sort of bonks him not that much with the sword and zips away uh, through the valley of the shadow of death toward his final destination. And I just want to say that uh, two monsters are at the shadow of the valley, the valley, uh, and they're named Pope and Pagan. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, wait, yeah, so yeah, you yeah. think the Pope's like all old and toothless because I see like Catholicism's on its last legs and like like Pagan doesn't even live there anymore or something, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yep, he does dunk on the Pope for like a for a little longer than he needs to. It, well, yeah, and it's it's funny too because the the pure the English Puritan. I mean, this would have been different on the continent, right? But like the English Puritans' beef is not primarily with Catholicism. That question's been settled. It's with fucking Anglican. So it's like who gives a fuck where the Pope? Whereas, like, if you're like a French Protestant, it's like no, like the Pope's gonna fucking kill us. Right, you know? yeah. so. <laughs> the War of Babylon. Yeah, yeah. Um, so after he makes it past the Pope. Christian is asking about this guy. He's like, ah, this guy from home, uh, my old buddy, Faithful. Um, and Faithful <laughs> is, he, is, is he is he full of faith or like empty of faith? I don't I don't get it. <laughs> oh shit! Okay, let me. Can I can I pull up my notes? <laughs> Got to go back to the book. <laughs> yeah is is there? Do they have something in the index on this? Um, <laughs> in the annotation, anything? But so so faithful tells him how he almost got lost in the valley of snatch when he <laughs> met this guy's <laughs> and his and his daughters uh, who have great names. Uh, he named them well: lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. <laughs> uh, this is my oldest lust of the eyes. She wants to be an accountant. Um, <laughs> here's another part we can all, we can actually relate to another pilgrim shows up his name is talkative Mm -hmm. and who invited this guy he won't shut up (laughs) christian is not loving it fortunately we don't remain with mr flap in his trap too long evangelist has some neat predictions for them for christian and faithful which is that when they go to this very bad place called vanity where it is definitely not fun and cool even though they have a big fair we can get giant turkey legs and things Mm -hmm. It's not fun. Evangelist says, okay, one of you is going to die 50-50. Don't love the odds for either of you, but best wishes. So they go to the fair of vanity. There's no Ferris wheel, and everyone is making fun of them for being dork-ass nerds. They get arrested for being rude about religion, <laughs> which is really nuts when you think about you know, uh, what everyone's names are and what places are called. And I do... I want to just turn very quickly to the the scene where they're on trial yeah. because just some of the names. So the um, the jury whose names were Mister Blind Man, Mister No Good, Mister Malice, Mister Love Lust, Mister Live Loose, Mister Heady, Mister High Mind, Mister N Team, Mister Liar, Mister Cruelty, Mister Hate Light, Mister Implacable, and the judge is named like Mister Mean Guy. But anyway, yeah, Mr. Mr. Live Loose. Okay. That's all that's all the names we have here. And so, but Faithful stands up and gives a big speech, which everybody loves. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury. And so they execute him, so he shuts the fuck up and he literally floats to heaven. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I like I, yeah, and like they burn him at the stake and shit. Like that's the I'm like, I've read Thackeray's Vanity Fair and I do not read call it being nearly this this violent i also with the the fair that i'm uh remind, the, i the state fair was in my hometown uh which is <laughs> you know and and i i'm just kind of reminded here that it's always sunny episode where they're like uh they're like accosted by the carny just like randomly stabbing like uh, oh anyway oh they're so dangerous they're so dangerous <laughs> don't go on any of the rides <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, so Faithful has a pretty bad time, but then he floats up to heaven. Christian gets sent to prison. This is the Ernest goes to jail segment. <laughs> Don't worry. Ernest, he certainly is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. name is missing in this. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Bunyan's not the only one who can do allegory. We yeah. had to add it here. Um, but it's fine. Don't worry. He just kind of noodles on out when no one's looking. So we're on the road, on the road again. Another fucking bunch of guys. Hopeful, who Christian is down to be pals with. But in spite of how funny this guy's name is, he doesn't want to hang out with by ends. <laughs> who's faking Christianity to hang out with cool people like these two. <laughs> they ditch him. They enter the plane of ease. They're tempted. Christian and uh, with they're tempted with silver. And Christian and Hopeful say, no, this is a Claire's. You told me this is silver <laughs> last time. My ears got super infected. <laughs> yeah, <you know. laughs> Yikes. Been there. So Ben been there. So they also decide to forego the Marriott courtyard where they should have stayed and rent an Airbnb at Doubting Castle. They wake up and find out this was an unauthorized rental and the landlord, Giant Despair, sends them straight back to jail. Giant Despair also has a wife who's a total B-word, which is also funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Giant Despair, Giant Despair. Is, uh, is is real fucking landlord vibes, you know? Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> yep. Like, yep. But uh, yeah, and I, I just also like when Giant, when Giant Despair just beats the fuck out of it. Like people get fucked yeah. up so much mm-hmm. in this book and just like out of nowhere, it's it's like, say well, he said well, but didn't do well. Ho, ho, ho. And then the Giant <laughs> took, a, took a fucking tree branch and beat them within an inch of their lives and brains were flying all over the place. Like, what is happening? Like, it's like, yeah, it's like a little guy with a funny name and then you're in Saw. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's the yeah. feeling for sure. It really, really gets you. But they get out of this jam, don't worry. It's in a very funny way. They're chit-chatting and they're like, hey, you remember that key we had? The one that opens any door in here? The key of promise? Yeah, we should just use that. So they do. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh shit, I could have broken us out of here the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> the key of promise in my pocket the whole time. Brain oh, geniuses in this book. Yeah. It's true. It's true. But hey, who's hungry? Any hungry? Because we're going to go to the delectable mountains. Mm. Yum, 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 yum. Yeah. Oh, no. There are also other mountains called Error and Caution. <laughs> do you think you should go to those? Yep, I'm, I'm doing it. Yeah. Wait, wait, though, no, wait. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stop. Um, <laughs> the there are some shepherds. They run into shepherds. And... They give a little warning. They say, you, okay, so listen, Christian, you know how you can make that left at the jug handle, mm-hmm. cut through the Wawa parking lot, bang a right, and you miss that whole intersection? <laughs> well, don't do that because you might shave five minutes off your trip, but it becomes a trip to hell. Yo, cuz also also the Jer- the Jersey State Trooper, <laughs> he sits right out there looking for people to do that. And yeah, I, I, my, 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 my brother got a ticket doing that out that by that Wawa there. <laughs> Yo. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that accent is what everyone talks in in hell. (laughs) (laughs) We we ain't got no water ice down here. (laughs) (laughs) Or they yell at me because I like cheddar cheese or something. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Can I put cheese on my sandwich? That's stuck up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're showing off. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> All right, we're almost done. We're almost done. We're just look, this faithful's there. They ditch a bunch of assholes and they go through the poppy field from Wizard of Oz, the enchanted ground where the air is thick with melatonin, Xanax, and indica. <laughs> they stay awake by doing dumb bullshit on their phones and or talking about religion. You decide which one's real. Yeah. Finish line, finish line to part one. <laughs> Christian and Hopeful get to Beulah. The celestial city is right there. But first they have to get their oxen across a river. So will they cock the wagon and float or ford the river? Either way, they're going to die of pooping. No. They, they swim. Christian forgot his pool noodle. But Hopeful reminds him that the love of Jesus is better than the best personal flotation device. Yay, they made it. Welcome to the 24th century. Just kidding. Welcome to the celestial city, you nerds. They floated off to heaven. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. I mean, ridiculous. Yes. But and I did expect to kind of hate reading this. And I really didn't. It's it, sometimes it's, it's unintentionally hilarious. Sometimes it really is, I think, intentionally hilarious. The other thing I liked about it, and Katie, I know, I know you've told us that there are video games. Uh, and, 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 and we're going to get to that. But like, this does feel like a fucking video game. It's like, uh, now it it's does. time to battle the dragon. And then like, it, yep. like, uh, it's like a combination of like a, like an adventure game, kind of a first person shooter, but also like a resource management management type game and it's like yes. i don't know i mean that speaks to like some like 12 year old part of my psychology yeah you gotta, it's you gotta make sure trail. you have enough logs yeah it is like oregon trail except you fucking you, well, i mean you you know it's not die of measles it's like you get your brains beaten out of your skull and sometimes a dragon <laughs> comes along and you got to put on your armor and stab it through the heart yeah <laughs> the armor of jesus yeah. or there's some line where he's like every christian has an armor lying around and it's like what yeah yeah the stuff just appears yeah there's also a part i didn't talk about it's funny which is this guy makes it all the way there and then um and, and then <laughs> the angels are like no fuck you oh, <laughs> and they ignorance like, yes I, ignorance i i feel like i do it's always sunny references too much and uh <laughs> no. but, but i do, but, but i do i mean like i i actually am thinking that like that show is odd to like something about like the fucking like puritan lineage or whatever because like that do, ignorance hanging outside charlie is definitely christian like christian and charlie kelly are like the same like yep. and like and, like frank or mac or dennis like the the but like i see they get to the walls of the celestial of the celestial city and it's like who the fuck is that asshole over there just you know be like smoking seriously oh yeah i just climbed yeah. up the back way man it's like you know i mean this isn't it's always sunny bit like, yeah <laughs> you know, uh, not getting away with it this time yeah pals <laughs> Katie, will you give us the context? I will. We got to know. Well, this is like, I, <laughs> this is going to help, right? Uh, I hope. I don't know. We'll see. Let me know. I'm taking you on a pilgrimage. And what I mean by that is I'll give you a little bit of the prehistory and then we'll get a little to Bunyan and then the afterlife of this thing. So let's begin. Uh, okay. So it's a, <laughs> I'll like, just get through just just it's like you got to take a shot it's a wheatgrass shot it's good for you <laughs> we have religious allegory and basically just you need to know that there's a literal level like what's going on with the plot and then a figural level and your job is to figure out what stands for what and in this case it should be very easy <laughs> and so where does it come from it comes from from a bunch of places. So there's the medieval psychomachia. Uh, it's like a war war within the soul, so very, war within the self. And then there's this 14th century work, Piers Plowman. Oh, yeah. uh, 
where a dude named Will wanders around an allegorical field until he finds a Jesus guy, Piers the Plowman. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I, yeah, I had to read some of that for medieval lit course I took in college and it was, uh, that one was a bear. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's like this, but worse. Yeah. Well, and Let, it doesn't, let's... that it's written in middle English doesn't help either. You know? No, no. <laughs> But then, then after you get late medieval morality plays, and uh, so it's it's sort of they're called stuff like every man and mankind, and all of that gets people really hyped to relate uh, their own experience to stuff they learned in allegory. And there's also a lot of other medieval stuff. So this is medieval as hell. Um, it's always the medieval times in America, which is something somebody said, and I don't remember who, but it wasn't me. Uh, <laughs> The other thing is the Corpus Christi cycle, where um, you, if you're in medieval times, not the restaurant, you go in actual medieval times and you go around with your other friends who s- smell like Beelzebub and <laughs> you walk around scenes that bring you on a tour of Christ's journey to Calvary. So the Stations of the Cross. So you're basically, you're physically going to the Stations of the Cross. So you're, you've got a virtual tour narrative. Go check out the book I tell you to the the one that I learned all my stuff from. It's called The Word and It's Wit and It's Witness. It's good. And it's all the stuff I know. It's also related to this big imitation of Christ idea. So the idea is that every Christian is supposed to be uh living a life that's an imitation of Christ. You're walking in his steps. Um, when you're saved, you're supposed to be crucified on the cross with Christ. Um, time history, cause and effect. They don't work the way you think they do. Yeah, because you're in the Matrix, the Jesus Matrix. Yeah, I, I mean, so a couple questions there. Uh, one, I like, I, it's not like the Puritans uh, or like Protestantism, at least at first, really rejected sort of like ritual. Well, I think they, I mean, I think there is a quite like you know it, it, they did like reject um, like an idea of like this happening. I think like on an established calendar, right? That it's 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 embedded in uh, like this kind of like practice that you just do in, in a way that uh, the, the Puritan claim was that that's like very so disembodied from an authentic faith experience. But like the Stations of the Cross and all that shit, they loved a lot of, and medieval allegory. They loved a lot of that shit. But like all of the fun stuff about medieval, like okay, so Christmas time, we are going to get blackout drunk for like a. <laughs> fucking week it's gonna yeah. be nuts no one's doing any work it's gonna be great we're gonna you know fucking eat, like eat ourselves <laughs> until you you know puke and then die a plague but like you know there was like fun embedded in it and it's like no we want to keep all of the like really boring and like awful parts of that <laughs> they were real no fun guys they were oh, um, yeah. And, and that's and yeah that's i mean i don't know there's uh and there's actually the like political stuff like with the the uh the kind of royalist like parliamentary thing like uh, like charles is like we need to have more theaters and we need like more like games because basically you know like love the king i'm giving you games and the puritans be like fuck that but um but, <laughs> i hate you yeah i hate you but i did want to like i'm playing cornhole with you <laughs> <laughs> i did though um to not duck on the puritans like the allegory connection to like the novel thing which we were talking a bit about so i mean i like and i totally agree like this is not like a novel in the sense that like i mean the, these are very surface types like i mean often the allegory is quite on on its face but 
this is related to like the spiritual biography tradition, I think, right? Where like you're inter- constantly interpreting your own life. And that does become, I mean, go back and listen to like a Robinson Crusoe episode, for instance, like that does become like a technology of the early novels. Like what it's like in, you're doing in fiction, this idea of like accounting for your life, looking for signs of God in it that did come out of this other thing that I think does have some relationship to Bunyan, even though he yeah i mean this is allegory this is like typology this is not like that kind of novelly individualistic sort of um inquiry totally that's where it's it's pushing that way yeah yeah and that his cute little poem at the end about interpreting it is is part of this that yeah like that's the thing that um this getting hooked into that spiritual autobiography biography tradition too is like it's pushing it farther and farther toward the specific which is a problem if you're Calvinist, but not if you're normal. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> well, it has a character, even if our, I mean, maybe we'll talk about this later, but, but the question of like identifying with him is kind of not as straightforward as one would think, right? Like he's not just our proxy because we watch him do stuff and we know that our lives won't follow that path. I think I didn't. He- I think I didn't hear um, the. You said our lives, something will follow that path. Well, our, if you were saying like none of our lives are gonna, because this is like either out of order or it understands that these things that just happen because they happen to fall out of the sky are like <laughs> yeah. not our narrative. There's a degree yeah. to which we are and are not the proxy, which is actually yeah. kind of odd that I feel more of a proxy with like Elizabeth Bennett than I do with something that's trying to convert me. Yeah. Well, it really very much is not for you. Uh, it's, it's for you if you want it to be right. You know? Yeah. And, and, and back to the, the kind of like particular versus like general thing, it's the abstraction of allegory, right? Like, I mean, say like, okay, say well, right? Like, which I fixed on that name because I think it's fucking hilarious. But like, we all know a jackass who like, you know, say, who's like actions don't match what they say. But we know like a specific <laughs> version of that. We don't know the form of an allegory wants yeah. to do the form of and I think it's that like, we, but we don't mm-hmm. relate to form. So that's why we can't. It's not the proxy like Megan say like, we can't imagine ourselves as Christian because we don't actually experience the world this way, even though we have a good sense of what all these things that he's interacting with are supposed to signify that do relate to our lives. But it's just, I don't know, it's like the uncanny valley or something that we're coming up against, you know? Right. Like we don't relate to this, but if you look at the, um, so you, everyone knows I love an audiobook. Let's get real. If you look at the audiobook comments on YouTube to this thing, People are relating to this today and making comments about it and saying, like, I wish I had found this before this hard thing happened in my life and somebody I loved was dying. And I I would I wish I had seen this this trip to the celestial city, all this stuff. So stuff like this is where you really see that deep gulf between life as a very religious person, how a very religiously Protestant person and the way you see it if you live like a broadly secular life. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So basically the fact that Megan and I are are unjustified sinners is why we don't relate to Christian, right? (laughs) (laughs) And to be like, I'm not like a, 
person. This isn't for me either. Yeah, oh, no, no, I, I'm sorry. I did like I I I, I fully Our confusion comes from a yes, particular I, kind of secular education. No, I mean I fully believe that you're joining us in hell. I just I just didn't want to. You know, I wanted to there. let you opt in to the position Thank that Meg you. and I had already owed. <laughs> yeah, just whoever gets there first, to, to save us the put table. A six pack in the cooler. Yeah. I just, it also sounds like what you've described, at least with the YouTube comments, is that what they're relating to is something formal about like a thing that happened, not to the interiority of the character, but to like, to to an exteriority that has to do with the plot. Oh, yeah, because you can't, there's no there there. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. There, there is no other quality Christian. Christian is not impatient. He's not nice. He's not funny. He's not angry. He's not. Uh, he's not a dad. He's not a husband. He's not anything but Christian. He's Christian. <laughs> right. His name used to be in word and not, deed. Yeah, like that's all he is. His he, his name used to be Graceless, and now he's Christian. Right. Right. I'm sorry. This is. I know that this is very reductive. And for instance, like our our friend David Diamond has done a lot of work showing how, like, sort of, uh, you know, Calvinist kind of logic does really shape um, the novel. But like that, you know, there there's a kind of an older narrative about the novel being like the secularizing thing. And I, I mean, again, I mean, I like David's work is great, and I mean, I think I think a lot of people have, have made this more complex. But like, I I do think there is something like what you're saying, Katie, to you know, our modern view of the world of which the novel is one technology of how we got there. But like, even if it is rooted in this tradition has kind of taken us out of like, that is how you kind of encounter the world. Like we're looking for different things in it. Whereas if you are still like in that sort of like framework and that is your kind of like ontology, then yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're not, you, you just, you're, you're not following that like out of the 18th century novel into like the modern individual consciousness thing that like others of us might be. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would also suggest that like our cultural technologies have changed so much, right? So it's like the novel and then all these other versions of cultural production are also contingent on that model of relating to something. So it's like the religious ways of life have changed, but so much of our cultural production has changed to meet what the novel introduces, right? So it's like what we do now, the the novel of the 21st century is television. Yeah. And that is so character E. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. There's no way to fill in necessarily fill in the, the blank and get to any fucking character you, you uh, see on a TV show or reading a novel, you might relate to them, but, or you might aspire to be like them or, or like some parts of them or something. But I think we're we are trained to look for that, as you said, that that interiority, that mm-hmm. uh, psychological complexity. And if you're reading this the way that Bunyan intended, then you're just you're not looking for that at all. Mm-hmm. There, mm-hmm. Okay. all the complexity and stuff is coming when you relate your experience to the thing that you recognize is was actually not um, what you thought it was, but it was you getting caught in the slob despond. Right. Okay. Okay. This is another complication, which I don't really think we need to get into, but you're really not supposed to be doing this with, like, Pilgrim's Progress. You're supposed to be doing this with the Bible. Mm, Right. You mean talking about it on a swearing podcast? (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, like, you're supposed to be imitating Christ, not 
not you know not, like not the character Christian. Yeah, no, no yeah. that's an interesting question. That I mean, yes, but like you know, I feel like there have been versions of Christianity, like like the the, the graven images thing. Like some Christians take like yeah. like in certain ways, but I think there is like you an allegory about Christ. Like you don't need the fucking allegory. You've got Christ, right? I, and, yes. And, but but so yeah, I just I, anyway. I mean, I'm I'm sure that is a much much bigger sort of like theological debate that we have time for. But like yeah, that that is kind of wild when you think about it so you're telling me that i need to just write john 316 on my football helmet and what i'm doing is following the way instead the of reading and the life john bunyan or get yourself a stone cold 316 shirt which says i'm gonna kick your ass <laughs> right like, yeah, yeah you have so many options there are many roads that lead to the celestial city but you can't sneak in the back right 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 yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so I have to thank God when I win my Academy Award. Exactly. <laughs> yes. uh, so I really wasn't expecting the 2000 era WWF reference. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. This is really. <laughs> Wait. What was, the, what was that reference? Oh, that I oh, sto- oh, sorry. Yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin. He like when he was like the big when he was the big baby face in the WWF. He uh, it, like sto- like John. Th- you talk about your John three sixteen. Well, Stone Cold three sixteen said, "I just kicked your ass," and he, that was printed on all these t-shirts. <laughs> okay, that's fucking awesome. Because yeah. mine was just Tim Tebow, which is also a dated reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, let's, Tim yeah, let's, Tebow. Yeah, we, we we can we can Tebow. This is a new yeah, podcast no, I, I, called Talking Tebow. I feel like people, where we only talk about Tim Tebow. I feel like people will get Megan's reference, so that's fine. I think the Stone Cold <laughs> reference is a little yeah. <laughs> a little, I'm sure little. other people have put that on their helmets. I do. yeah, yeah. Stick the Bible on your football helmet. <laughs> that's, that's what God intended. But do you want a little tiny bunion? Yes, a little bunion. Yeah. He's interesting. Does he have a big uh, axe? We, That's my only Paul Bunyan uh, joke. I swear you to God. Could, <laughs> you could do more, babe. Oh, Get it. Oh, <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. I mean, it would not surprise me if a fucking blue ox trotted out in the middle of this this book, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. well we got a guy who's covered in scales and wearing yeah. bear slippers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he really is, isn't he? He's cool. Rest in peace. Um, <laughs> Apollyon, the monster. Uh, but, but Bunyan, he's interesting. Um, I'm, I am going to blast ass right through this, though, because um, there's a lot happening. He is a Calvinist separatist. He was a member of the... Uh, I'm going to back up and tell you a little bit about time when this is fucking happening. So yeah, he's born in 1628. He becomes a Calvinist separatist in the late, in 1650, basically. He starts following, uh, he starts attending the Bedford Separatist Church. And this he's got this charismatic leader guy he's following. But this was a really bad time to be doing what he was doing when he was joining. It, first, it was a good time to be joining a separatist church because you had yourself a Puritan interregnum mm. uh, where you could just kind of be whatever kind of uh puritan you felt like or any you could sort of you had a a bunch of freedom and he came to it he came to it because he was like he was a very tortured guy he had he writes about this in his autobiography but he was like i had a lot of nightmares it sounds real bad but so that's what drew him to it and it was also a thing that was happening more broadly in the puritan interregnum so it's not surprising that he sort of found his way here but he really did it to the max. 
So little little history. The Puritan interregnum ended in 1660. Uh, so Cromwell, boo Cromwell, he dies in 1658. And his dipshit son was entirely incapable of keeping the Commonwealth together. Yeah. Talk about a fail son. I took each fail son. <laughs> each fail son. So then, just one of history's greatest, least great. So then, so then Charles the the second is like, assholes, belt buckle hats are out. Get thee to Massachusetts. Fabulous <laughs> feathers and wigs. Right. I want to do porny poetry. <laughs> yeah, and like, put yeah. some wigs on. People. No more God stuff. It was my friend Rochester to write a poem about <laughs> genitalia <laughs> for you. Uh. <laughs> That's boring. We're all gay now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're all john so, gay now yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you were with us for the beginning of this episode you'll know that this is big trouble for bunyan yeah. he's preaching and he's now not allowed to pre- preach doctrine in conflict with the church of england so basically he gets caught doing this and a guy in a powdered wig says john <laughs> are you gonna do it again <laughs> And he's like, maybe. And then he winks, 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 winks. You know he's going to do it again. So he has to go to jail for 12 fucking years. Yes. You heard that right. His wife kept trying to get him out, but it didn't work. I also want to say this was weird jail because he could leave and go preach and hang out with people sometimes. He was in jail like Jeffrey Epstein was in jail. Wow. But that's the only similarity I'm suggesting. No no joke. But yeah, it was a very flexible jail arrangement. He wrote his spiritual autobiography, Grace Abounding to the Chief of Sinners, which, wow, you think you're the chief of sinners, huh? Okay, (laughs) bragging. (laughs) All right. He gets out and then he gets sent back because he just can't stop stop preaching. He can't stop. He can't stop abusing himself. And then he got then he got cooking on Pilgrim's Progress. You know what that is. He also wrote this other allegory later. He wrote he wrote other things later, but this allegory about a guy named Mr. Badman. <laughs> sorry. sorry. He's, he's a good laugh. guy. He's a good guy, right? Yeah. 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 That's it, that's what it's about. It's about what a great fucking guy he is. <laughs> it's the prequel to oh, Batman. <laughs> I do love going out on the town with Mr. Badman because uh, nobody's funnier. No, I mean, he's, he's yeah. actually But he is the prince of lies. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. <laughs> so the, the afterlife. So we've kind of alluded to this, right? The whole pilgrimage idea and the whole, the whole belt buckle hat, the chic look kind of faded out in England. Mm-hmm. And so most of what we get uh, into the 18th century as we're looking for an afterlife of this thing is in America because you have a bunch of religious freaks who like want to act this out. And in the American context, uh, there was more to hook into for them imaginatively. So basically think the colonial context here, it's easier to map on these things like emigration, um, colonization, going West, doing genocide, that type of thing. But it's much easier to do that for, for American Protestants because basically they they want to mm-hmm. and they can. Right. Uh, there are other effects that one might or might not expect from this. So you can see quite clearly how it props up racist violence mm-hmm. 
it's you know what we now see we see what it is we see for what it is but there's the other thing there's another thing going on which is that this everyman figure led to a ton of enslaved and free black religious people incorporating the pilgrimage into their narrative their narrative in really interesting ways and this is also in a lot of uh black christian autobiography in terms of the out of egypt but this is so i'm not talking about that uh, in terms of pilgrimage, it, like pilgrims' progress, really is in these. Mm-hmm. So um, there's this uh, historian William Andrew Andrews talks about talks about this in the context of early American Black autobiography. So uh, Zilpha Law was a uh, she was born in the late 18th century, and she was a famous Black Methodist itinerant minister, and she said. It's worthy of extensive observation that the vast variety of religious experiences of all true and lively Christians in every grade of society, all ages, all denominations, and sections of the Christian church are uniform and definite a character so widely spread a uniformity as that which exists in the genuine pilgrim's progress of Christian experience. And there are a ton also of uh, narratives of escaping slavery that used Bunyan to advocate for literacy. So it's like if you can't read pilgrim's progress you'll never know how to act it out yeah so uh that's just kind of in the american context and i'm not just saying all this crap because that's what i study it actually is where you get the real afterlife of pilgrim's progress no that's really interesting and and i mean this is why as fun as they are to dunk on and as like not at all invested as i am in like the specifics of the cut or like like i should say personally like i do think like intellectually like the theological stuff's interesting but this isn't i mean this is not how i like live or think about my life but you know the witch trials kind of give you a misleading i think version of like what that this kind of mode of thinking did because like, yeah, like, I mean, particularly in the 18th century, we talked a lot about this, like Methodist, like non-conforming sort of dissenting uh, churches. This is where abolition was happening. This is Mm -hmm. where like, you know, women were invited to like preach and stuff because it has, they're like this sort of um, rejection of the established church did in a very kind of broadly political way, have this kind of like, uh, like at the very minimum, like kind of smaller Republican, but often very like sort of like, proletarian like early class consciousness like you know uh, a, a space uh for um uh, kind of political subjecthood for all kinds of like marginalized peoples and i don't th- i mean you know like i don't think you can really separate the theological underpinnings from how that developed and how it was able to kind of like throw off these sort of like you know certain versions of kind of or, or, or like was interested in throwing off certain versions of kind of authoritarian hierarchies yeah, no, the sola scriptura thing, the scripture alone thing is very much a, gives author- hands authority to the individual yeah. and says, you're supposed to read this, you're supposed to figure it out. A, a guy shouldn't stand up and tell you, you still have to go to, you still have to, go to church, though, you're not getting out of that. Yeah. No, and, and and I mean, you know, like uh, as as commies, like we're not, you know, we a lot of like individualized shit. Like we, you know, I mean, we think that's capitalist, and it is. But I think like in this case, it, I mean, it's like it's an individual thing, but also that, like, and I think this is like a faith community idea, right? But like it does, I mean, it there is like a socialness to this as well. Oh and, yeah. And, and like what what can become like either like class consciousness or anti, you know, I mean, like with abolition, like anti racism, and and like the the, the 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 black church, you know. Um. So anyway, it, it that's it's fascinating and it just it just shows like how much more complex 
this is and that like you would think of if you're just thinking of like the most sort of i i don't know like the 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 caricature of like evangelicalness or something like that yeah it's doing a lot of stuff yeah and even if the even if it seems goofball it actually does permit a lot of space for i mean exactly as you're saying like it it makes a lot of room for and it doesn't it doesn't there's like there's pushback and stuff but there are a lot of competing uh sects and voices and all of that stuff and you really don't have that if you're just like this is the church of england we live in england with our church of england Mm -hmm. i just have a hard time getting over the incredibly that these are spooky motherfuckers you know like yeah oh yeah no no, no. (laughs) i'm with you i'm absolutely going there i understand that i have like an extremely limited conception of these you know witch hunting blah 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 but these are some spooky motherfuckers and may that never be outside our discussion yeah yeah Uh, well yeah hoth i mean read some hawthorne that's what i'm saying and and i think the witch trials too it's like i mean very these this was also very capable of like supporting like patriarchy and hierarchies right like so but but it you know it just it, it there's also aspects of the thinking that did open a sort of space to sort of uh break out of these uh well i mean sorry i mean you know and like yeah like rejecting divide right sounds like obviously to us like that was actually a really big political moment in the 17th century like Mm -hmm. no the king's the king's rule does not come from god like that 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 was like what i mean that was that you know that actually was like kind of an inflection point in sort of political history like a really important one definitely there there's something to there's something to like about these weirdos, right? And yeah. Well, there's certainly lots to find interesting and important. I, I'm just like, also, they scare the shit out of me. I'm just saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But um, like also, even the witch trial stuff, that was controversial within. Right. There was Cotton Mather's dad was like, son, you're being embarrassing. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. I had right, sort of right. forgotten that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can wrap it up, but basically Bunyan himself couldn't have known all the stuff that would happen, but starting to understand this is a key to everyday experiences that you're having and mapping onto, you start to slip into something like this is a map to heaven. I'm not mapping things onto it. This is a map. This is how I get there. And I do think that leads nicely into this conversation about how the fuck you read this thing or really anything. Because you're supposed to read it as a doctrinal no that's not the word i'm looking for you're supposed to read it as an as a manual as we've sort of said before but in a different sense of it's like you're what you're looking for in it is a structural relationship between plots and not a character one definitely yeah you're looking for it's an event-based logic and it doesn't have to be in the or you know like it it's pro it might be sort of close to this order like he's got a he's got a familiar structure if uh if you're mapping on like a spiritual autobiography or whatever but it's it's also sort of like the archetypical hero's journey that starts getting mapped onto religious narratives too mm, so okay because otherwise it's not feeling much like a novel to me no it, it's not feeling anything yeah. like a novel to me <laughs> yeah no I, and i i agree with that i agree with that it's not it so like whatever formal connections exist i think it, it's there's there's several steps <laughs> you know to get right from, from this to that um and, and yeah i agree but no i mean i agree this, this is not you know this doesn't these characters do not hit you at all like novel characters do it's re- it is really useful to think about the way they read it in little women like they play a game they what they're they're 
the the mom mm-hmm. tells her daughters basically that you're so they used to when they were kids do a little pilgrim's progress game where they'd like climb on the pillows and um up the hill or whatever and then when they become adults what she says is now you have to take up this game in earnest and mm-hmm. apply it to your actual the the difficulties of your life growing up so that okay so now i'm in a different place which is the the like the weird, you know, back back formation of belief to a certain degree that this is the thing that Altusser says in the ISA's essay where he's like, you bend your knees and pray and then you'll believe. Mm-hmm. And so there's a there's a sort of like practice-based or embodiment-based, like if you play Pilgrim's Progress, then you'll do the thing later because you've already sort of intern what you've internalized is the journey that it is ongoing that it is a journey that it is a struggle that it is like i know it's a game but it's teaching you something that then becomes like an internalized narrative yeah and so it doesn't read like a novel but that kind of like hermeneutics like sort of exegesis that sort of stuff like we're very kind of theological vocabulary like that is how at least in like the academy we read novels right Sorry, like that. Yeah. That's a little bit reductive. That's how we read literature broadly, right? So, like, there, yeah, there's a there, there. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. something about it. There's something about like the tech, the technology of what we think it means to get a reader that like actually gets something out of tech, does something with text. That in some ways is very similar to like the way like this sort of theological strain would have you read text, even if like the specifics of the text feel quite different from like yeah, what we what we would look at for like in a novel where we want an individual that looks like such in the world. Absolutely. Yeah, you're you're both 100% right. And it also it, it's worth saying what I was talking about and I think what we're all sort of talking about now leading into the modern way that the like a literary critic would read is that that doesn't start until the um it like you get to the this is a 19th century thing. Right. This is a because then you sort of it's barely whole, even a nineteenth century thing. It's almost a twentieth century thing. Well, I mean, like when you get to like the actual Salvation Army stuff, like that, you get to uh, works are not unimportant. Mm. Oh, okay. Anymore. I'm sorry. I thought we were talking about different things. I was like, literary criticism is much more. T- we were talking about two different oh, things. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> oh, that's actually not true either. I was like, it's a twentieth, yeah. and it's like, no, it's kind of an eighteenth century thing too. Anyway. <laughs> oh, just have Calvinism on the brain, I guess. <laughs> I just want to make sure that we got the things. Now, this is so odd to say that we got the things from it that we're supposed to, because I still feel a little bit like it's quite opaque to me. And I don't. I think that's because I'm a different kind of reader. I'm looking for metaphor. I cannot find it. Figurative, yeah, no. figurative language. <laughs> Is something I have to work with or on <laughs> and live as Roman Jakobson would tell no, us to live. No, no metaphor. What what are you talking about? Because to be faithful is not being a person named faithful, right? So it's like what right? <laughs> I'm saying I have to work with it. I have to do I, I some thinking, know. you know? No, it, it is funny. Oh. Like it, it but but it is funny. It's like it's not. It's not metaphor because it's too. <laughs> I don't right, because it's not figurative enough. One to one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, 
but right. Yeah. But, but that is, you know, I mean, like, and it's, it's very, you know, it, that makes a lot of sense. Like when you say it like that, but it does. Okay. But like, where actually is the degree of difference between like the, the, the referent and like what it's, you know, what it's supposed to be signifying where we're like, okay, this is a metaphor, right? You know what I mean? Like, I, and I actually don't know right. like that, you know, I mean, yes, I yeah. agree. This is not it, but you know. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, like, you just have to have one degree. You got to have one degree of removal, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, um, least, at least. You have to have, like, a third term. <laughs> you can't just uh, do the literal and figurative version of the same goddamn thing with just an equal sign between them. Oh, Lord. Uh, so do you have yeah. a game for us? Um, Kind of. So I don't – it's not a game because – there have been games. There is a game. I didn't need to make a game. There's a game already. There's Pilgrim's Progress, the video game. And so we can just, we can do this as long as, or as long as, as short as we like to. But um, basically, I just want to take take us through the strategy guide a little bit and get your hot takes. Well, gee, now I want to play. Um, <laughs> but l- let's just build, let's just build some characters, nice. okay? Are you cool, ready? Yeah. You want to build your yeah, character yeah, yeah. profile? Yeah. Okay. We're on Twitch now, so everybody come watch us uh, do our video game uh, character design. <laughs> I want I want 15 dexterity, 18 intelligence. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you don't get any of those yeah. in here. We get something very different. Anyway, <laughs> you have a base strength. Both of you do. It's called faith. And uh, each point of faith that you have amounts to an extra two points of damage per hit. Can Okay, that's what your faith does. Is there a code I can get to max out on faith from the very beginning? Because I kind of, I don't, I, I don't, I, I like games. You don't care about faith. the other powers. No. You just want, you just want faith. Yeah. That's, okay, that's a good instinct. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like that I you play, many- like, anarchically. Like, you're like that guy, It's you're like the person in Oregon Trail who buys no food and sets it at a grueling pace. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I will fucking own the shit out of Oregon Trail doing that. Like, I'll, I'll max out on points. Yeah, don't buy anything. Just get enough bullets to shoot some rabbits as soon as you get out of town. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody has scurvy. <laughs> I mean, it's just a chaos agent. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so yeah, so you have your you have your faith and 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 Meg, I don't know how much you want to put into faith. I haven't given you any points because this is a this is a leveling system where you um you know you get more points as you level up. But uh, but Tristan wants to max out. Um, <laughs> Meg, do you want a normal amount? <laughs> well, I don't know what else I'll be getting later. Oh, okay. Just then we got to, you'll get prayer. This is, this will become important later in the game. Okay. Okay. Because when you place points in prayer, you increase the increment by which your stats go up when you pray for them. So you can pray for strength and get a bonus, which seems to me like you want to put a lot in prayer. Okay. So is it only, let's do 50-50. Okay, we got faith and prayer. I mean, we're we're gonna have some more. We're doing wacky wacky times. Uh, when I was a little kid, I used to get all the shit in the kitchen together and make a thing that I called gilk, <laughs> and that's what we're doing here today. Okay, we're making we're making a we're making a gilk. <laughs> okay, zeal, uh, zeal. How zealous do you want to be? Uh, okay, so now I'm. I ha- I literally have to write this down with the 
Crayola crayon and W2s that are the things that I have on my desk. This is so complicated, but your zeal is your speed in battle. Oh, damn. Okay, so now I'm at 25 zeal, 25 prayer, 50 faith. (laughs) Okay. So I just just found this cool thing on IGN, right, where uh, there's actually a glitch (laughs) at the Slough of Despond where if you go through it, it'll take you right to the gates of the Celestial City. But fuck, I I should have probably done something with my stats, though, before because I don't think faith is going to do it. So like now I'm right. right outside the fucking city. You need and some. You I, needed some prayer I, there, bro. I think I think yeah. like shit. What if the giant despair finds me? Like I don't. I'm. I think I'm fucked. I think I'm going to be like ignorance yeah. at the outside the celestial city. Hey guys, <laughs> guys, why are these holes sucking me into the earth? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Also, th- then we've got guard versus spirit, which I don't even fucking know. Wow. Okay, so you can. Uh, Faith only is a good build for beginners, by the way. Faith. Oh, oh, okay. All right. right. So I I did see, and I love doing this. I picked easy as the level I want to go through (laughs) Pilgrim's Progress with. (laughs) Yeah, um, apparently. So, so Meg, you're you're kind of at a a different kind of level here. Prayer only, that's a little more advanced. Wow. Okay. So um, if you choose spirit only, you'll need to rely heavily on blessings. <laughs> okay. Just so you know. I don't have any Just spirit so you know. at the moment. I have zeal, prayer, and 50% faith. This actually... <laughs> <laughs> this actually does map though onto uh the book because like I'm I'm like maxed out on faith and it's all I've got and I I made it all the way to the end. It's like fucking faithful who gets to cheat the game by yep. getting fucking like drawn quartered and burned alive. And oh but he doesn't have to do the rest of it. He goes right to heaven. He just Yay. goes right there. Yeah. It's awesome. Lucky him. Yeah. A little bit of earthly torture ain't nothing. Yeah. No- nothing at all. Um I have to tell you both the truth which is that i got so into reading about this stupid fucking game that i basically didn't have any more time to make one that's because i was busy questing you know i was i I was saving i'm having fun (laughs) i'm learning i'm doing myers briggs uh (laughs) but for for um for another fake thing yeah what's the what's the enneagram number yeah what wing are you yeah this is this actually rocks so one thing you so so you know how you win this game you give out you distribute bibles of course of course needless to say yes (laughs) and you collect bibles or you collect crosses of different colors why am i taking people's crosses from them let's see (laughs) why are you taking them you're taking them so you can you get them for doing things like defeating the first boss, Sinmire. <laughs> <laughs> okay. After several encounters with shame, can confirm, you will reach Sinmire, the first boss. Maybe let's talk about our strategy here because he can inflict shame, which will prevent you from using your blessings. So you got to use your blessings early. But but what? Oh, he'll also use frustration against you. So what do we do? How do we defeat? How do we defeat Sinmeyer? Zeal, zeal. Wait, yeah. Uh, also, Sinmeyer. Did they rename Slough of Despond into Sinmeyer or Sinmeyer or something that I missed from the book? No, no, none of this is real. Um, <laughs> you're you're going to be doing battle with soul dozers. Soul dozers. Yeah. So this is there's this some is updates not- for the 21st century. 
Yes, there are some updates. You know, I I I know what's happened to my character though. This is just like in 1989 when I got the cheat code for Mike Tyson's Punch Out out of Nintendo Power, and so I did it. <laughs> I cheated. I got all the way to Mike Tyson, and that was a hard game. Also, a very fucked up game. Like lots of ethnic stereotypes. It is a bad. Oh, game. so <laughs> many of those fight games are like yeah. Oh god. But they anyway, were, oh my god, god then so, they're bad now. So I inputted the code and Mike Tyson appeared on the screen and I screamed so loud by my okay, ready for the rest of the house because she thought something bad had happened. <laughs> but what actually happened was Mike Tyson just leveled me with one punch. And that was the end of the game. <laughs> so that's, that's what you get for cheating. That's what that's what just happened to me outside the celestial city. <laughs> Tried to cheat by going all faith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got beheaded by Mike Tyson. <laughs> you you got your block knocked off by Mike Tyson. <laughs> After Tristan got KO'd, yeah. How can I beat Sinmeyer? Yeah. Wow, Sinmeyer is is pretty. He's boss number one. Oh, his weakness is grace. Uh, Do you have any grace? None. Just even. Can you do any um, any moves that require grace, like uh, like like dance moves or <laughs> other moves? Can I have? Can I use my prayer to ask for some? Yeah, there we go. I I have prayer. You did it, and I have zeal, so that makes my prayers extra powerful. <laughs> oh hell yeah, it does. As we continue on, I just want to say um, that all the times you're supposed to collect a cross, there's a little little tag that says cross alert with three exclamation points yeah yeah. Yeah, sure yeah sure that's how we do it Um, across from where (laughs) that that you're bad you're going to hell for that that's an oldie but a goodie (laughs) that is a good one that is a good one oh boy Um, i'm trying to get to the last the last thing here Um, because i beat this boss with my powerful zealot zealotry you really did you beat him by being a total psycho which i respect prayer man i mean i'm getting a very like nes era vibe on this we're like just random like it's like i need what it's like i'm thinking the castlevania 2 where like you've got to kneel down by a wall and a tornado will take you away and there's no way to you have to like trial and error your way into that like that's what this (laughs) feels like you know but Mm -hmm. but honestly that's kind of pilgrim's progress right (laughs) yeah it it kind of is it kind of is is that you have to do like you have to pray with um with 50 kids to get one of the crosses you press up to pray uh, uh okay you just press up 50 to pray. kids is terrifying i go to pick up my yes. kid from daycare and i see eight other kids and i'm yeah, like i gotta go this yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you have to pray with 50 children all wow. right fine how are you gonna do that faith Faith. Yeah, you need a yeah. lot of faith and prayer and zealotry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Megan made a good character for this game. For someone who doesn't play RPGs, I feel like I'm kind of doing. I also great. feel like we're like inventing a version of Dungeons and Dragons, right? Like, there's no a little bit, <laughs> this is completely a little bit. disembodied from any like software or anything. You know, it's not in, but... it, 
so um it's it's the worst i just i'm just very enchanted with it um it also strikes me that perhaps this game is giving us the wrong idea about good works and that they like are the thing that does it yes yeah yes uh because you know if you complete a quest like help people up yeah um which which is you you find people and you press up while you're standing over them (laughs) 10 times to complete that quest that's how you do it that's the thing uh, don't fall into any snares. Yeah. You remember those flowers you've been finding? Yeah. No, but but, but <laughs> in other books they are ill. Yeah. In, they have ill intent. This one is you take five flowers to the man at the grave in the area. Does he before- weave them into his pubes? <laughs> uh, he does. He does. He weaves them right into his pubes. So, yeah, I mean, I've entered the Valley of Humiliation, uh, and I I feel that you two have emerged victorious from all manner of, of, of hellacious evil, and so- I feel like Tristan perhaps, is still in the slew of Despond. Yeah. Yeah, but you can kind of chill there, you know? Yeah, yeah. Tristan, um- Okay, so this is going to be counterintuitive, but what you want to do is is lie back because then you'll float, uh, uh, yeah. and then you can you can like grab onto a stick or something and pull yourself out yeah. of the sin okay. and or quicksand. Yep, yep, yep. Don't if you fight it, did you just think? Okay, all right. Well, that, that thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. And then we can kind of uh, we can kind of get you through the rest of it, but um. Wow. Uh if you have faith, you have a blue glow. I'm just saying. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna play this. There's yeah, literally yeah. no, no chance of not. And I'm going to be saved. Yes. Um so so Meg, uh congratulations. <laughs> I know I know that you'll be able to do uh other such quests like um lead the blind plus press up over 10 people you find in the valley or lead a soul to christ you will that does sound like me <laughs> yeah yeah no that's 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 the first thing that got him. my friend megan is really good at leading souls people to christ, to christ. yep yeah um, i mean i yep. i force people to enjoy works of literature they wouldn't otherwise enjoy but yeah. i don't do that well, thank you. I feel saved. Yeah. And this has been better than dead. You can find me on Twitter at Tussersaurus, Tristan on Twitter at TJ Schweiger, Katie on Twitter at Katie Crywo. You can find the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Better Red Pod and email us at betterredpodcast at gmail.com. But only if you beat Pilgrim's Progress the video game, because we really want to know about the monsters <laughs> yeah. along the way. Yeah. Uh, our intro music is Love Bronstein by the Redskins and used with their permission. Our logo was created by Jane Bonsack of JB Design and Content. Rate and review and subscribe. This is our actual last regular episode of season five, but we have another wrap up episode and we will be back in a few months. Season six, more communism, more swears, Middlemarch, other stuff. It'll be great. <laughs> so thanks, comrades. Thanks, <laughs> comrades.